a long time ago on a spinner rack far, far away. The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. Episode 23, The Island of Dr. Moreau, a Marvel movie special. Hello, time travelers. It's me, Ben, Ben Avery. There's a time machine over there. There's a comic book over there. I'm sitting here. You're over there. You know what that means. It means we're in Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed of the comic book time machine. And we are here to talk about a tie-in with a movie that was based on a book. H.G. Wells' The Island of Dr. Moreau is a Marvel movie special. It's 50 cents. And this is... um, Well, okay. I'm just going to quickly go through the story. Dude gets shipwrecked on an island, finds out that he's on an island with a guy who has been performing experiments, giving animals human characteristics. This is a real problem. And so as the animals become more animalistic and as everything just goes to, just goes to pot, uh, dude escapes with a lady. And at the end of the comic, the lady turns out to be part cat. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on in here, and there's a lot of stuff they're trying to do. I did watch the movie after I read the comic because I wanted to be able to compare the two. And the movie is, from the makeup to the music to even a lot of the plot elements, it feels like they're trying to do a Planet of the Apes kind of thing. That could be a good thing. In this case, it's not. So the comic itself, then... The comic has, let's see how many pages are in here. So there's, there's 48 pages and four of those pages are behind the scenes things. One of those pages is a movie poster for this particular movie and 12 of the pages are ads. That leaves us with 31 pages for stories, 31 pages. Star Wars gets around 100 pages. Roy Thomas knew what he was asking for. He knew what he was doing, man. Because this, The Island of Dr. Moreau, some of these pages have 11 panels. And I don't mean like one unusual page that's trying to give some sort of, you know, claustrophobic mood or something like that. No, multiple pages have 11 panels. There's one splash page at the very, very beginning. One splash page. And there's a couple pages that have five panels in them. Average is seven or eight panels per page. Now, I've read a number of movie adaptations. I don't remember any movie adaptation actually going and actually doing that many panels on the page. But then again, if, you know, this feels like they're, they're kind of starting. They're not doing something new here. I mean, they've done Planet of the Apes, I, which it's been a long, long time since I read any of those those comics. But they did do 2001 as a treasury book. They did Logan's Run as a five-issue run. They did Star Wars or are doing Star Wars as a six issue series. And then Dr. Moreau gets 31 pages. 
Now, I, I, I want to give credit to Larry Hama, the artist, and Doug Minch, the uh, writer here, for being creative with the layouts and everything like that, especially some of those pages. They have inset panels. They have, you know, thin, thin, thin panels that are doing like a time lapse of emotional reactions and that kind of thing. There's some really interesting storytelling going on here. They really, 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 really work hard to fight against the limitations they were given. So kudos to them for that but this is definitely it's not a failure of an adaptation but it is definitely the weakest because any thematic elements it gets reduced if not completely dropped i mean there's a whole idea here of what separates us from the animals they're talking about technology and how technology has advanced but humanity has not and so then they're talking about you know the animals are becoming humans and what what causes them to be more human-like? Well, it's law. It's rules. And then those rules and those barriers break down and the animals are, are becoming more animalistic. And the, the one thing that this does that the movie doesn't do, the movie cuts to credits right when they find a boat that's going to rescue them. Whereas the comic book actually gives us, I think, what was actually supposed to happen in the movie – where um, it turns out that the love interest that he's been with that whole time, she's sleeping on the the little lifeboat that they're trying to you know survive on, and when they see that ship, he turns around and she's more like a cat. They kind of hinted at that, but they never actually, and maybe I, I just missed it or something, but they, they never actually gave it to us in the movie. The movie, I don't recommend. The comic book, I don't re- recommend seeking out unless you're a fan of H.G. Wells or something like that. Uh, it's a curiosity. And for me, again, I'm getting stuff out of these conversations that I'm having with you, the listener. I'm getting stuff out of examining these adaptations because, again, that's a big part of what I do is adaptation. And I'm learning things about this. And so it's really interesting for me to look at Star Wars on one hand and then to look at this, the island of Dr. Moreau, on the other. What I'm also excited about is I know there's some more Marvel movie specials coming up. And I'm not sure when it's coming, but I I think that the there's a Peter Benchley uh, movie, The the Deep, that, that they did an adaptation for. I don't know the the date, so I'm not sure when that's coming, but I'm excited to see how are they learning themselves. Like I said, I've read movie adaptations. Some of them were DC and some of them were were Marvel, but uh, I don't remember any of them cramming this much artwork onto the page to try to make up for the fact that they only have 31 pages for story. So I give them credit for what they were trying to do here, and yes, I did not... (laughs) I'm not ending on human fly number two. I'm ending on a semi-success and something that I actually got to learn a little bit about. And like I said, I always finally, I mean, the final book I read is always John Carter. So there's that. And I don't have any real like behind the scenes things about this comic like I've had for like Logan's run and that kind of thing. Because this is, this is just a, I mean, this is just a work for hire thing. This is a studio saying, hey, Marvel, do our book. And Marvel says, yeah, of course we'll do your book. We're Marvel. We need money. Star Wars hasn't helped us out yet. And so, yeah, this is this is the start of something here. And it goes along with the just charting that licensed licensed course that Marvel is taking. And this is this is the beginning of of that of some of that. Uh, So I'm excited about seeing what's going to come. But for right now, we need to wrap this episode up. So it's time for the epilogue with the bullpen bulletin. Epilogue. The bullpen bulletin, and I like to end each issue, each issue. I like to end each episode, kind of looking through the comic that month and, and just looking at ads and, and just seeing what kind of house things they have. And 
And this one I was struck by. Well, I'll just I'll just kind of go through it. First, right there on the back cover again, Dino De Laurentiis presents Orca. It's on Netflix, and I really, really, I haven't gotten around to it yet, but I, I'm going to be watching that in the next next week or two. Maybe it's part of my October horror movie viewing. Uh, okay, <laughs> beyond that, Joe Weider uh, still wants to build me a better body for just seven ninety eight. It's nice. On the inside front cover, we cover we have the Junior Sales Club of America, and I have to ask: Did you ever? Uh, like I did when you were a kid and you had these comics and, and they they had these pages with all these prizes you could win. Do you ever just stare at those prizes and just say, oh, man, I really wish I could have, have that. That'd be so awesome. There's the Telstar TV game on here. It's, it's Pong and it's, you know, predates uh, uh, the Atari 2600 and those kind of things. There's an instant uh, load flash camera. There's a superpower hair blower. There's uh, the Fonz radio. So you could sell things for prizes or you could sell for cash. And these things always intrigued me. Uh, a little bit later in the, uh, on the, uh, in the episode, a little bit later in the issue, I can't get these things straight. You have the Youth Opportunity Sales Club. Uh, basically the same kind of prizes there. Uh, they have a Kodak pocket Instamatic camera. They have tennis racket, the power van, uh, three-piece skin diving outfit. And then you turn a few more pages and you get grit. You can, uh, he says, remember how many times you felt left out because you were broke? Well, now you can make $2, $5, $10 or more week after week. Introduce grit. And so another, you know, just preying on that poor kid mentality. And then finally we had, um, I think it's here on the back cover. Yeah, there it is. Olympic Sales Club Incorporated. Earn prizes or cash the easy olympic way and they again have uh just there's a gorilla radio electronic football game goodyear blimp clock or something i don't know what that's meant to be anyway i was i was struck this time four of those type of ads were in here i don't remember having that many i do remember grit and i remember olympic in the comic books that i had when i was a kid i i don't remember uh, the other specific ones. I just remember seeing those and just staring at them and thinking, oh, I love, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. So then you have uh, just a ton of, and I, I don't know what these pages are called, and I'm <laughs> I'm coining a phrase right now, and I'm hoping that I'm actually making it up in my mind and that it's not someone else has already, you know, said that, call them the, this, and I don't know, and I'm not crediting them. But anyway, it's, I call it a flea market page. I think that's what I'm going to call it. I was just trying to think of what are some different places. I was going to call it a mall page, but it just didn't sound right. But a flea market page sounds about right. And you just have all these different ads, people selling comic books, people selling live seahorses, um, people wanting to have you send them your poems so you can uh, have your poems set to music. You, um, there's a high school course at home, customizing your van inside and out, all that kind of thing. Steve Buscema is still doing his, his, uh, comic book art class and Stanley is still going to be a guest lecturer. And there's also a house ad for subscriptions. Subscribe to the superheroes, 12 issues of your favorite title for $4. That's your first subscription. All following subscriptions will cost 50 cents less than regular price, $3.50. That's pretty amazing. 
And I, <laughs> I'm just amazed at how cheap it used to be. But when I was a kid and I'd see things like that, it seemed out of reach. It seemed out of reach. And the other thing I've been trying to take notice of, but haven't had in the last couple of months, there's been Twinkie ads, but it's not the kind you'd expect. It's shows two kids with baseball gloves and, and baseball hats. And inside their glove is a hostess cupcake or a Twinkie. And basically on the back of um, hostess Twinkies and cupcakes, there are uh, full color baseball cards printed on the bottom of the box and you can cut them out and, and trade them and, and do things like that. I remember cutting out baseball cards. I don't think it was this particular set because 1977, I was only three years old at that time. So I wouldn't have been, but, um, yeah, this is, <laughs> I've been waiting for more comic Twinkie ads and, and I just haven't, I've only had one and it was just that awkward one with that Madam Webb bullpen, the bull, uh, bullpen bulletin stand soapbox talks about the kiss super magazine. And then they also introduced that they're getting a whole bunch of new Hanna-Barbera comic books. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe to, you know, they have a bunch of Hanna-Barbera titles that they're going to be publishing. And maybe they were just trying to tie into that, uh, with the human fly. Maybe that was the issue. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, they also mentioned a volume four in their origin series, which was called superhero women. And I did not know that existed. I have the other three. I have, uh, you know, origins of Marvel comics, son of origins and bring on the bad guys, but superhero women, I, I'm really curious about that. I, I would like to see that. Uh, and then there's just a whole bunch of things, you know, talking about, you know, new creators and, and different, different books. Marvel premiere is going to be introducing weird world, which is a fantasy series. I'm very curious about. They actually, um, talk about if you're thrilled, if you thrilled the Tolkien's Hobbit or Lord of the Rings, you got a hunch. This is going to be just what you've been waiting for. Well, I'm very curious about it. So beyond that, uh, honestly, I don't have too much more to say other than my special announcement. And what is my special announcement? Well, I'm pulling out the annual and I'm talking about it in another episode. And in that episode, I'm also going to be having an interview, an interview with someone connected to John Carter of Mars, the warlord of Mars. Who is that special guest? Well, his name is Marv Wolfman, and I'm going to be interviewing Marv Wolfman as a special episode that ties into my the, this, this annual, and I am so excited to be able to do this. And he has been very gracious, and we have set up a time, we've set up a, a day. I just, you know, if all goes well, I'll be interviewing him, and that, that episode will be coming soon. I don't know when that episode will be released. It'll probably be released at the beginning of October. I can't imagine it being released any earlier than that. So all that said, I, uh, we're done then. We are, we are done with this month of Marvel sci-fi. Uh, please remember, if you want to find all the other episodes, you can go to comicbooktimemachine.com slash Marvel sci-fi. And you can find me, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at benavery.com. But you can also go to uh, comicbooktimemachine.com and you'll find contact information there. And finally, I want to promote a podcast that I've been listening to. I, I like to do this more often where I talk about um, other people's podcasts. And so this this episode, I would like to talk about Mark's Mess podcasts. Now, Mark Adams, he does a few different podcasts. One of them is not related to comic books. It is a new podcast that he's just started that's actually uh, letters from his family during World War One. It's 
very interesting. But anyway, as far as comic books go, uh, he has done a series about the Evolutionary War, which we've mentioned before. But he's also doing a new series right now about um, Atlantis attacks. It's very informative. It's very interesting. He gives you some history and background and stuff like that. I really have enjoyed the Evolutionary War episodes that I've listened to. And I really enjoyed the the first episode of the Atlantis Attacks uh, series. So just go to Mark's Mess Podcasts dot blogspot dot co dot uk. That's dot blogspot dot co dot uk, and you can find uh, some links to where you can get to his podcast. And I recommend it if you like what we're doing with the Comic Book Time Machine. You're going to like, I think, Mark's Mess Podcasts by Mark Adam. He's like a, an honorary time traveler. In fact, um, maybe that's what I'll call this when I recommend a podcast, especially a podcast like his where it's not connected to ours at all, but um, just by its very nature is connected to what we do and the, the spirit of what we do. And So, Mark, congratulations. You didn't ask for it, but you're an honorary time traveler. So, all that said, I need to find some words of wisdom to leave with you. And I'm not going to quote from the books here. I'm just going to point out a lesson that I learned in reading the books here. And that is, if you are ever asked to take part in a race called the Doomsday Race, and they don't let you look ahead at the track, and they tell you there's going to be traps, maybe, just maybe, that's a race to avoid joining, even if there is a cool half a million dollars in it for you. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, John Carter, Warlord of Mars, annual number one, and that special guest interview. 